Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Well, if you're here, say amen. I'm going to tell you, if you shout and say amen, I'll preach shorter. Amen. Well, I don't know. I might, that, we'll see. I, I, want, I want to share with you from four different versions of the Bible. Very familiar scripture. And uh, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. English standard. King James. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The message. I like the message. Listen to this. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in Him. You like that? The New Living says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Wow. Rejoice, celebrate, always be full of joy, always, always, it uses that word, always, is at all times, evidently, in all circumstances, in all situations. Be happy, be joyful. Sometimes it's easier to say it than it is to do it. Can I have an oh me? <laughs> oh me. You get, sometimes it's just easier to, to talk about. Remember, remember back in the mid-70s during the charismatic renewal and everybody would say, how you doing, brother? And we would say, I'm blessed. Whether we were or not, that's how we're, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Well, sometimes it's easier to say it than it is to do it. Yet we're told by the Apostle Paul in Philippians, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to rejoice, to celebrate, to rejoice in the Lord, to remain in an attitude of joyfulness. Wow, 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 that's hard. That's how to do. Is it really possible to always be joyful? <laughs> when my life is caving in. Do I just smile all the time? Come on. Some people turn it on just like that. So, so does this, what Paul's saying, does it mean I just smile all the time? As Paul's saying here, words do indicate that we are just to have a cheerful disposition, that the basis is just supposed to be cheerful. Well, I wouldn't hurt some of us. Some of us look like we just sucked up dirty carpet. <laughs> huh? Wouldn't hurt some of us just to have a little bit of a joyful. But what is Paul saying? To rejoice and be full of joy. This requires a supernatural reliance on the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes the storms in life are just tough. Is, is this okay? Is this okay for Facebook? I'm about to burn up. Joe, is this okay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just hard sometimes whenever life isn't going your way. And we must have. You know, we are Pentecostal. We have a reliance on the Holy Spirit, not just once in a while. Now, how many of you, be really honest, I rely more on the Holy Spirit when I'm in a mess than whenever I'm not. Oh, come on, every <laughs> How many of us read more and pray more and are more spiritual when we're in a mess? <laughs> come on. we got to rely on the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to never feel blue. Dennis, it's impossible to never feel blue. I used to have blue months. Then they 
something happened. I guess I learned to yield and learned to surrender, and they got to be blue weeks. Then they got to be blue days, and I think I'm learning to shake off the blue moments. Hello? It's impossible. It's impossible to never feel blue. Even Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, had to deal with negative feelings. Father, if it's possible, let this thing pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And then when, when his friend Lazarus died, the Bible says Jesus wept. Now, some say he was weeping over the lack of faith of people around there, or he was weeping over his friend, whatever. But Jesus had emotions. How we need the Holy Spirit's help. We need the Holy Spirit's help. Somebody say amen. Paul is telling us that we have to have such a foundation of faith and a deep knowledge that God is for me and not against me that's built into us. When we get saved, maybe it gets into our DNA. It needs to get into our DNA that God is for me, not against me. Say it. God is and God is not against me. But there's some people that believe that God is up in heaven with a big sledgehammer just waiting for Kenny to mess up so he can smash it. I got him. I caught him. Hallelujah. That's not how our God is. It's not how our God is at all. Paul's telling us that this thing is built on hope. This thing is built on faith and something I believe there's a lack of today in the church world. That's just an opinion, but I'm right. <laughs> is I think there's a lack of knowledge of Scripture. There's just a general lack of knowledge of Scripture. I'm, I had somebody tell me, well, I just don't understand the Bible, so I don't read it. And they said, well, let me give you a revelation. Read it and maybe you'll understand it. Read the thing. Read it. Fifteen years ago, Bob and I went to the island of Madagascar. I was telling his grandson about this yesterday. I, uh, Bob was a great help to me. I preached every morning in the Bible college, and every afternoon I was in tent meetings. I took a stack of sermons with me about this big, and none of them worked. So I was getting up at 3 o'clock every morning and preparing a message for the Bible college and preparing a message for the tent meeting. And after four or five days, I was about preached out. Now, you're going to get the whole double-barrel shotgun today because I haven't preached in a while. But back then, I, they were getting shorter and shorter because I, I was about preached out. Well, the last day, if my memory serves me, if, if my memory's not right, Bob, just say he's close. <laughs> Bob and I went to a tent meeting around the last day or so. It was hot. And they were singing a song, this is 15 years ago, and they were singing a song, when he moves to the left, we move to the left. Well, Bob and I were on the right side, would be about where Bob is now. That's about where, that must be your spot. <laughs> now, that's about where we were sitting in that big yellow and white tent, somewhere on that side. And they would move to the left, and then they'd move to the right. Well, Bob has no rhythm. <laughs> Because every time Bob was moving to the left, I was with Bob. They were going to the right. And about the time we got going to the right, they were going to the left. Bob, well, maybe I was out of rhythm. I don't know. <laughs> we were out of rhythm, weren't we, Bob? You remember that? Shelly's saying it was Bob. Well, it was both of us. We were out of rhythm. 
I mean, it was a mess. Matter of fact, them people got so tickled, they come up on the platform with a video camera, and I don't think they were trying to capture me on the video, but they were Bob. <laughs> he, I just happened to be standing beside him. And they videoed. They're probably still laughing about that. Them boys have got no rhythm. We got tickled. We got tickled. You say, what's that got to do with your sermon? Well, our attitude is affected by our disposition and our inclination in life, our mood. It's very important that when we say we're going to move to the left and God says, everybody move to the left, you know what we say? Yes, sir. When God says move to the right, you know what we say? Yes, sir. Why do you want me to move to the right? Don't ask me why, just move to the right. Why do you want me to move? Just move to the left. Just obey me. Just obey me. And I'm going to tell you what happens is, is we get out of rhythm with God. And when we get out of rhythm with God, and God says move to the left, and I say no. When God says, I want you to stop doing this, and it's not bad, it's not necessarily sin. I don't want you to say that or go here or do that anymore. And I say no. Then I get confused whether I'm supposed to go left or right. And God is not the author of confusion. I say, God, I don't want to go that way. Our inclination has an effect on our outcome. Now, it's impossible to avoid all the storms of life. Thank you. If I had a dollar, I'd give it to you, Janet, but you got my wallet. But it's not impossible to weather the storms of life with Jesus walking with us. It's impossible to avoid all the storms of life. But it's not impossible to walk through them with Christ with us. John 10.10. 10. This is what it says. The thief, the devil, cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I, Jesus, am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I would rather live in John 10, 10b, abundant life, than I would live with the devil always stealing my joy and my happiness and my peace. So, are you here? Now, I told you if, you, if you shout, I'll preach shorter. You're wanting a long sermon. <laughs> the New Living Translation says the thief's purpose, the thief, the devil's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Who doesn't want, anybody here say, I don't want a rich and satisfying life. Well, then when God says move to the left, honey, say, yes, sir. How far left would you like me to go? <laughs> When God says, move to the right, you say, yes, sir, how far right would you like me to go? Because when I'm holding to the nail-scarred hand, I can weather any storm hell throws at me. Somebody say amen. There's an enemy of the soul trying to steal your joy. Matter of fact, I've always been a news hound, but the last few weeks I can only watch a few minutes of the news. Stealing my joy. There's a little scripture in Isaiah that says there will be a time in the nation of Israel when we call evil good and good evil. 
I think that's come to America. Listen, the only way you're going to keep the devil from stealing your toes is, is stealing your joy, stay on your toes. Your inclination has got to be, I want to stay in rhythm with God. Now, I used to tease when Ginger was the worship leader. I used to tease Ginger all the time. You'll never let me sing a special. <laughs> well, I knew why. She didn't like me. <laughs> you know, I tried to tell Ginger for 20 years, you clap on the wrong beat. Every time I'm here, she was out here. I can't understand it. I don't have any rhythm when it comes to this. But when it comes to this, I hear him. I hear him. And I'm going to tell you something, Shelley. I've been out of rhythm with God. And just down here where the rubber hits the road, don't tell nobody, oh, I'm out of camera. It ain't fun to be out of rhythm with what God is doing. It's tough to get out of rhythm. There's an enemy out there. Here's the title to this message. Are you ready? The devil likes to fish in troubled waters. The devil likes to fish in troubled waters. To illustrate, we're going to go back in history. Because of time restraints, we won't go to the scriptures. Up to 1 Samuel chapter 8, Israel been led by judges. God would raise up judges, and then they'd rebel, then God would raise up a judge. In 8th chapter, they were saying, we want to be like the other nations, we want a king. So God calls Saul to be king. Samuel anoints Saul to be king, and, uh, and now we have time uh, to, to look at one scripture. It's found in 1 Samuel 10, two verses. We, we find, listen to this. He brought the tribe of ben Benjamin, he brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its clans, and the clan of the Matrites was taken by Lot. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. They couldn't find him. You remember the story. You, you Bible scholars, you remember the story. So the next verse. So they inquired again of the Lord, is there a man still to come? And the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. Remember that story? Saul hid himself among the suitcases. We find Saul a little nervous, maybe a little scared, apprehensive. Thought little of himself, didn't know if he could be king. Maybe afraid of failure, a little backward. Can anybody relate? Afraid of being in the limelight. So he goes and hides among the baggage. Maybe he had some humility. What do you think? Here's the problem. Get this now. Saul was hiding in the baggage. But what baggage was hiding in Saul? We come to Jesus and we feel light as a feather because our sins are forgiven. Come on. Some have a great emotion. Some it's just a matter of fact. But the person that has the emotion, the person that doesn't have the emotion, it has nothing to do with our emotion. It has to do with our hope and our faith and our knowledge of what the book said. And the book said, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me. If I repent, I'm saved. If I meant it in my heart, whether I cried, I jumped, I ran, or I had zero emotion, if I meant it, 
You know, sometimes still waters run pretty deep. Lord, forgive me, and I mean I'm forgiven. I'm just as saved as I am now as I was or will be in 40 years or whatever. Come on. The new saints just to save. You're not more saved the older you get in the Lord. You're either saved or not saved. And sometimes we have a tendency to want to go pick them baggages back up. You know, this is just personal, okay? I, there's a lot of things that I, I can deal with. Boy, I tell you, one of them I have a hard time dealing with, lying. I just don't like lying. I just assume you look me straight in the face, look me in the eyeball, and just tell me the truth. As to lie to me. I had somebody lie to me one day. Years and years ago, he lied to me. Sitting in my office, lied to me. I called our district superintendent and told him what happened. He says, can he work for you anymore? I said, I don't think so. <laughs> superintendent called him up and says, I think you better go resign or you're about to get fired. Because you lied to the pastor. I didn't like it in the staff. I don't think God likes it in his people. Uh-oh. Am I preaching or meddling? <laughs> what was hiding in Saul? Saul, you obeyed Samuel. You followed Samuel's instructions. You defeated the enemies of Israel. You were doing great, buddy. And then time slips by, and you get a little impatient, and you're supposed to wait for Samuel to come and make a sacrifice. And Samuel, you didn't think, got there at the exact time you thought he should, and you didn't wait, so you tried to do the priest's duty. And that day, the kingdom was taken away from you. 1 Samuel 15, 17. Here's the Duke translation. See, Saul got out of rhythm. He got out of rhythm with God. And this is the Duke translation of 1 Samuel 15, 17. When you were not thinking so highly of yourself, you were doing great things. Now you've disobeyed God and you've lost your kingdom and you are out of rhythm with God. What's the point? Saul started out good, but then he got stuck thinking, thinking, going on in his head. He got off track. Wasn't near God's heartbeat anymore. He wasn't living in hope and faith and the scriptures. Now, I'm not going to tell you somebody's going to backslide because they don't read the Bible for a day or a week. I'm not saying that. Or you miss church. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm going to tell you, we've got to keep our relationship with God current. We've got to keep it current. He started off good, and then all of a sudden, man, he, he messes up, and, and he, he gets stinking thinking coming in there, and, and everything just gets confused. Saul said uh, to himself in one incident, I don't have to wait on Samuel. He starts nursing negative thinking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody here would do that. But, boy, I sure have. Well, let's go on. Let's go on. I would start thinking instead of God is for me, God's against me. Seems like everything I try to do is always trouble. I try to repair an electrical socket and I break the ends of the wires off. My wires are too short to tie on the socket. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I try to put a new doohickey thing inside my bowl of my toilet. And I break the boat off and water spewing all over the place. 
Anybody, anybody a mechanic like me? I have found out it's cheaper just to hire it done. Or how about before I retired, Dennis, and I'd start a project for the church, and all hell would break loose. How about this one? Do you want to try this one on for size? You get up and you preach a sermon, Shelley, and then you get to live it all week or two. Because <laughs> them sermons have a way of coming back and saying, did I say that? I'm off camera again. Here I am. It all starts nursing negative thinking. It was, I'm going to do what I want to do. And he did so willfully. What happens when you get out of rhythm? Saul is now tormented. It's a tough thing to be confused and tormented. The inner conversation Saul was having with himself, justifying his rebellion, saying to himself, I'm doing okay. What I'm doing is not bad. I'll quit tomorrow. I'll get it right later. Out of rhythm. Bob, when he moves to the left, we need to move to the left. And when he moves to the right, we need to move to the right. Because I'm going to tell you, in the middle of all that left and right, the devil is throwing bait. He's throwing bait. Saul hid among the baggage because he was humble. And now the baggage was hiding in him. How I talk to myself is very, very important. I'm going to tell you, I'd rather deal with somebody that says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. Because I can get somebody like that and work with them. than somebody that's saying, man, I don't think I'm going to make it. God told me I wasn't going to make it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've had this philosophy my whole life. When somebody tells me God told them, then I'm done. Because I'm not coming against what they said God told them. Because if God told them, then they better do it. But they better make sure it's God. They better make sure it's God. And we're not blaming God for our rebellion. That's good preaching. You see, here's where Saul got all bum-fuzzled up. You ever heard that word? That's a, that's a word from down home. Saul got all bum-fuzzled up, Linda. See, he thought David was against him, King David, to be King David, young David. But David's the one that played music, probably played bluegrass-type music. I don't know what David played. David played that stringed instrument. Whenever David would play that stringed instrument, it would bring the presence of God, and it would calm Saul down. In, uh, in our office at home, Janet had an old CD player we hooked up, and I've gone in there to study, and I put Ginger's CD on. It just calms Janet down real quick and makes her obedient. Isn't that true? No, she, she said, don't lie. You're, you said you don't like lying. Quit your lying. 
music comes to the inner man. And David was chosen to play music. David kills Goliath. David leads the armies into battle. But Saul hears them saying, Saul has killed his thousands and David is tens of thousands. And Saul gets filled with jealousy from the man who was for him. You know, one of the ways they, they taught me about success early on in my ministry is you find people smarter than you, loyal to you, and you surround yourself with them. And they help with success. Hello? Saul had somebody who was loyal to him, who was a great warrior to him, but Saul was jealous of him. And instead of using David to further the kingdom, he tried to kill him. Something wrong with that. David had to flee to keep Saul from killing him multiple times. <laughs> this inner talk has got to be positive, folks, because the devil will sure like to cast a tricky bait into the negative inner talk. David had fled from Saul. So much had happened. In this one incident, David uh, sees Saul down over here asleep in the valley, and he creeps over there and steals his spear and his water jug. And he comes back over on top of the other hill, and he hollers at him. And he, this is what he says. Listen, listen to this. 1 Samuel 26, 19, 20. Now let my lord the king listen to his servant, David talking. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, then let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a human scheme, did you catch that? If this is, this is new living, if this is simply a human scheme, then may those involved be cursed by the Lord, for they have driven me from my home and I can no longer be among God's people and have, uh, tell me to go worship pagan gods. But I, if I must die on foreign soil, far from the presence of the Lord, why has the king of Israel come out to search for a single flea? See David's opinion of himself? Why does he hunt down this partridge on the mountains? Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son, and I will no longer try to harm you, for you valued, uh, you valued my life today. I have been a fool and very, very wrong. I don't think Saul's telling the truth. I think David's got the ear turned to the Holy Spirit, because look at the next verse in the next chapter. But David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines right now. The King James says that if the children of men have planted this in you, Saul, we try to blame a lot of things on the devil and their human schemes. Are you hearing me? Everybody give me eyeballs. We try to blame a lot on the devil that are from the children of men or from our own intellect and our own hearts, human schemes. And the devil, whenever we talk about it all the time, he likes to throw bait out there and he makes the gossip 10 times worse than it is. He makes the problem 40 times bigger than what it really is. And I have found out sometimes in life, if I'll just do this, if I'll just take a step back, take a breath, Bob, pray, and leave it in God's hand. It's amazing how God will work things out. Hello. Saul's actions were his own making, human. He went from humility to pride, from hiding behind the baggage to the baggage hiding in him. He went from victorious to David playing a harp for him 
They're throwing spears and taking armies and chasing David and trying to kill him. How we need to surrender. How we need to surrender. Yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him access, involvement in our life. You know, one time I had a loved one. I hadn't talked to him on the phone for five years. Hadn't talked to him. Hadn't heard their voice in five years. They called me at midnight. Called me at midnight. After five years and on the phone, called me at midnight. And when I heard their voice on the phone, I knew who it was. God still knows your voice. Even if you haven't talked to him in a long time. Had a long talk with him. The devil tries to fish in troubled waters. He sees the turmoil in our lives and then he uses it. These troubled waters to stir up the trouble. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill. The storms come and they do come. And the devil likes to keep the water stirred up. He will attack you in your mind with a thousand possibilities of how you were wronged. Or how you will not make it. It isn't fair what happened to you. You're not going to survive. You need to panic. And so what happens? We run away from God, from His Word, from His church, and from His people. When what I need to do is wrap my legs around the cross and stay close to God, close to His church, and close to God's people, and listen to what He's saying, and build my life on the solid rock of hope and faith and knowledge of the Word of God. Somebody help me today. I thought I was drowning one time in my misery, in my grief. But I read this little verse. Actually, my good habit of reading scriptures helped. Huh, there are good habits. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Huh. The devil has fished in my water. He ever fished in your water? He cast a shining bait and wanted me to give up and quit. Tried to steal my joy. But then I read, he keeps you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed. How about this one? Romans 5.1. Therefore, all since we have been justified by faith, we have peace. We've been justified by faith. Ken has peace. 5.2. Romans 5.2. Through him, we have obtained access by faith into his grace. Where we stand, we rejoice in hope and the glory of God. Through him, Cheryl has peace. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my purpose is to give my church a rich and satisfying life. Where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? You want to live where the devil's always stealing your joy, and you're always tore up, and you're always mad, and you're always confused, and you're always, you know, ten times worse than what you were wrong? Or do you want to live my God? said he's not against me my God said I'm gonna win remember oh uh, Willa remember Willa Willa used to come and talk to me and I would say Willa, I don't know about all that but I do know this much I read the end of the book and you win <laughs> you're gonna win she's in heaven now yeah. and she won That's right. I, I, I don't know all what you're going through but I dare say somebody here today has had some shiny bait thrown in front of him. And the old devil knows just where to cast it. He knows just how to jig it. He knows just when to crank it a little bit.
to make it look so attractive because we were so wrong. Troubled waters. Well, I want to tell you, beloved, you don't have to take the devil thing. I want every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody look around for just a minute. Be really honest, if you will. Be real honest with yourself, with God today. Pastor, I've been in some troubled waters. Let me see your hand. Come on. Yeah. 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 How about this one now? Let's be real honest. The enemy has been throwing a shiny bait at me, and I haven't taken it yet. But boy, he's been throwing some shiny bait at me. Anybody? Come on. Yeah. 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 Everybody stand with me, please. Look up here. Sometimes this is a worn out verse. So let's not cast it away because we use it a lot. Greater is he that is in me than he that is casting a shiny bait at me. You're going to make it. You're going to make it if you yield to the supernatural power There's an old song that comes to my mind only when I'm preaching, it seems like, Dennis. I see you out there, and I see you, and I think of those good old southern gospel songs. I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I can't cross the street without him holding my hand. And I want to live my life like this, Scotty. I really do. When he says move to the right, I want to. I'm going to be in rhythm with that. You, you hot rodders, cars have got a sweet spot. You know what I mean? You know, we go to Florida and Janet's little car, and, and I say, honey, this thing just smooths out at 86 miles an hour. It does. I got a little blue car. It just soothes, it, that motor, it just smooths out right at about 89 miles an hour on the engine. Just smooths right out. That's what I want with God. Bob, I want to get right, I want, I want to get right in that rhythm where everything's a firing just right. Huh? We're running down the highway last summer. I was going pretty fast. I was running 90 miles an hour. And about uh, three or four hundred yards, maybe 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 three hundred yards in front of me, a thousand feet. The truck with three bicycles on the back, and the last bicycle bounced off and started bouncing down the road in front of me. Boy, I'm glad I was in rhythm because I just shh, shh, went right around that bicycle. I hope the guy behind me did too. Because these storms are going to come, and bicycles are going to jump off in front of you down the interstate. And hard things are going to happen in life. But whenever I'm in rhythm, he just steers us right around that. And life keeps going. Heads bowed, eyes closed one more time. And I'll really be honest this time. Pastor, I raised my hand that I've had troubles. And I've, prayed, I've raised my hand that he's thrown some silver bait in front of me and I haven't taken it. But is there anybody here say, Pastor, I've taken the bait. Man, it's gotten worse. And I've gotten tormented mind is tormented with negativity and I, 
I feel like I'm not going to make it. Let me see your hands. My head's bowed and my eyes are closed. Anyone? Yeah. 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 Everybody look up here. There ain't a person in this room that hasn't had big storms in their life. I want you, I want you to be honest. Can I have two more minutes? How many of you here have been through a hellacious storm but made it? Come on. Let me see your hand. Lift them both up. Come on. Look around. Everybody look around. Come on. How many of you have been through hellacious storms but you made it? You made it. The pain went so deep you couldn't stand it. The agony, the grief, the tears couldn't stop. But somehow, someway, you took a half a step back in life and you said, by God's grace, I'm going to make it. And you made it today. Come on, raise them up. Raise them up. Look around. Everybody look around at the hands. You're going to make it. But I'm going to tell you, if we could talk to every one of them, they're going to tell you how they made it. Somewhere, somewhere deep inside of them, they found that hope and that faith and that reliance upon what the Word of God actually said, that God is for me, not against me. And they said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Close your eyes, raise your hands, and repeat this prayer with me. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, I declare I am forgiven. Forgive me now for taking the bait that the enemy has cast. I spit it out, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Now give him praise. Come on. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't take the bait, beloved. Don't take the bait. Let me close with this. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, so you are. A little scripture in the New Testament, Matthew 9, 4, it says, Jesus knew their thoughts. So he knows whether we're real or not. Amen. He knows our thoughts. Now, th think about this. Here's Saul. He's running around here saying, I'm going to kill David. Oh, I'm not going to kill David. Oh, I'm going to kill David. Tormented. Ends up falling on his own sword and killing himself. David had a storm. Oh, did David have some storms. I mean, he committed adultery with a married woman, had her husband killed. David had some messes in his hand. But this is what David said. Have mercy on me, oh God. Wash me from my iniquity. Cast me not away from your presence and restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That's where I want to live. Come on, lift your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, then I'm going to tell you, you have the power to not take the bait and walk in victory through the troubled waters, whatever it is you're facing. Shout to God a voice of praise. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I bless you and I worship you, Lord. Keep us safe as we separate and go to our own homes, God. May we walk circumspectly before you. The knowledge that your Bible says when we ask you here and you forgive. That we walk in the hope of a great future and joy. And that the enemy cannot steal because you've come that we might have a rich and satisfying life. And everybody said,
Amen and amen. I would say shake a hand and hug a neck, but wave at somebody and put on your mask. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.